Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. And here's the big announcement. Here's the exciting announcement is that starting September 17th, we're going to two services, baby. Two services on Sunday morning. And so what does that mean? That means that the 1030 service, bye-bye. Everybody say, bye-bye, 1030. (laughs) Bye-bye, 1030. And so you'll see on the screens here our new service times that are gonna be 930 and 11. 930 and 11, one of the things that I love about that is that Uh, If you have kids that are in sports, uh, how many know our society could care less about church nowadays? And so all the games and the practices and all that stuff that oftentimes happens on Sunday, well, now you get to be able to come to the early service, go to church, and then take off and do uh, the things with the kids or the family events. And so I think it's going to be just a, a really good opportunity for us to be good stewards of the growth that God has sending us in order for us to be able to continue to reach our community. And so 9.30 and 11, these are gonna be identical services, nothing different about the services. So we're gonna offer the same amazing kids experience, the same amazing adult experience, the same amazing coffee. Can I get an amen on that? All that's gonna be the same, it's gonna be identical, but it's gonna give us an opportunity to have a little bit more room so that we can reach more people. So make sure you mark your calendar, September 17th. Uh, Don't show up next week to the 930 service unless you just want to volunteer. Um, But uh, September 17th, 930 and 11. Um, Here's what I would ask of you is over the next couple weeks, uh, just begin to think about what time works best for you and your family. And then in a couple weeks, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back and we're going to do just a really quick kind of survey so that we can get a, uh, a feel, an understanding uh, of which service might be the biggest service. And so, um, so do that, talk to your family, kind of figure out what works best for you, and then, um, and then we'll, we'll do a little survey here in a couple weeks. Well, before we jump into the message, can we take a moment and just, and just pray and thank God for this opportunity and just um, pray that he'll bless our time uh, together today. Father, we thank you for just the opportunity for us to step into this new season. Father, this is something that you're doing, not us. And Lord, we just, we consider it an honor that you trust us with the soul's in Tallahassee. And so, Father, we just, um, we give this to you. We thank you for the unity that is within our team, the unity within the deacons, the unity within um, our dream team leaders, that this is not just the right decision, but it's the right time. And so, Father, we just pray that you will continue to breathe upon our church. Lord, stir our hearts. Give us a greater passion for the lost people and the lost family members and coworkers in our community that, Father, you might use us to see people come to know you as their Lord and Savior and experience all that eternity has to offer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, grab your Bible and turn to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. Um, We've been in a series in Thessalonians on the other end of the Bible, 
And so today we're gonna, we're gonna go kind of to the beginning a little bit. And I wanna talk about a, a story here in Genesis 11. While you're doing that, um, let me see the hands of everybody in the room that knows who Abraham is, right? You've heard of Abraham in the Bible. Like whether you've been in church or haven't been in church, like most of us have heard of a guy named Abraham. Um, what about this one? What about Terah? Has anybody heard of Terah in the Bible? Yeah. A lot of us have heard about Abraham. Not a lot of us have heard about Terah. And today, I want to I show you why that is. And I want to show you today why Terah's story, hopefully, doesn't become our story. Hey, today I want to talk to you from this title, How to Avoid Becoming a Spiritual Bust. How to Avoid Becoming a Spiritual Bust. Hey, turn to three people, say, he's talking to you. He's talking to you today. <laughs> he's talking to you. Hey, first Sunday in August, anybody know what that means? It means football is right around the corner. Yes, football is almost here. I mean, uh, what do we got? We've got like uh, 20 days, three hours, and um, 20 minutes until the first football, college football game. But who's counting, right? Who's counting? Um, I don't know about you, but I love, I love football season. And one of my favorite events to be able to watch on uh, TV is the NFL draft. 32 teams throwing crazy, insane money, right, at some great college players just hoping that they become great NFL players and eventually take them to the Super Bowl. But how many of you guys know that not every player who was great in college becomes great in the NFL, right? Players like C.J. Henderson, Vernon Hargraves, Huey Richardson, Rydell Anthony, Jarvis Moss. Like, what do these NFL players have in common? Well, besides being Florida Gators, <laughs> no knows. <laughs> <laughs> Besides being Florida Gators, these guys, these guys were labeled busts. They were labeled busts because they never reached their full potential. You know, it's, it's easy for us to throw shade at these guys and, and poke fun and laugh a little bit from our recliner, but, but I just wonder... How many of us become spiritual busts in our own life because we live short of our God-given potential? Well, this is what we see in this brief story, but often overlooked story in Genesis chapter 11. It's a story about a guy named Terah. It's a short story, only seven verses to be exact. And it's squeezed between two iconic people in the Bible, Noah and Abraham. Honestly, it's a story and, that I feel is kind of out of place a little bit because it has no real impact on the overarching story in the Bible. But here's the thing, it carries 
an important message that I believe God wants us to hear today, and I believe that God has inserted into the Bible in seven short verses that he doesn't want us to miss today. So here's the, here's the backdrop. Terah is Abraham's father. And they live in this huge city called Ur. Say Ur, Ur, Ur. Ur was a huge city. It had a population of about 250,000 people. That's a lot of people back in those days. But not only was it a big city, but it was a spiritually dark city. They worshiped thousands of lowercase gods and it was a place of comfort because they had all the, all the things that they needed to be able to live their life. And, and what we see in the Bible story is that God tells Abraham, right, Terah's son, tells Abraham to leave Ur. And so he does. But I want us to see why God made it a point to not just mention that Terah was Abraham's dad, but a point to pause the story and to insert these few short verses about this man named Terah. Look in Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. It says this, that one day Terah took his son Abram, who would later become Abraham, his daughter-in-law Sarah, and his grandson Lot, and they moved away from Ur, of the Chaldeans. Now, a couple things about this part of the passage that we've got to, we've got to know. The first one is I want you to notice that, that he left with his grandson, Lot. The reason why he left with his grandson, Lot, is because Terah's son, his name was Haran, H-A-R-A-N, died in Ur unexpectedly. And so God ends up calling them out of Ur, out of this spiritually dark place because God had a better life for them to live. And you can probably connect the dots that God does that oftentimes in our life, that he calls us out of the sinful life. He calls us out of these bad habits in our life. He calls us out of a place of complacency in our life. Why? Because he has a better life for us to live. We see that it says next that, that he moved away from Ur, the Chaldeans, and he was headed for the land of Canaan. Now, where Ur represents the, the sinful life, Canaan represents God's preferred future for our life. Canaan represents for them and it represents for us a life of of joy, a life of fulfillment, a life of purpose, a life of blessing. But there's something in this part of the verse that we can't overlook and it's this. You see, you and I know this to be Canaan because, not because God mentioned it to Abraham or mentioned it to Terah, but because the author, Moses, wrote Genesis some 400 years after it happened. And so Moses knew the end of the story. Abraham and Terah didn't. 
You see, when God originally spoke to Abraham, the way that he said it was, go to the land that I will show you. He didn't say go to Canaan. He said, go to the land that I will show you. And the reason why that's important is because when God wants to do something in our life, he always gives us the direction, not the destination. He always gives us the direction of go this way, not the destination of what the end product will be. And think about our lives and think about how many times we sit back and we wait on God until he paints this beautiful picture of what our future should be, not understanding that God rarely gives us the destination, but always gives us the direction. Now watch what happens here. It says that he was headed for the land of Canaan. And then it says this, it says, but they stopped at Haran and they settled there. They were headed to Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and they settled there. If you were to look at a map that displays the journey that they were taking, you'll notice that Haran was halfway to Canaan, halfway to God's preferred future for their lives. And the Bible says that when they got halfway, they stopped and they settled. How many of you know there's a big difference between stopping and settling? The big difference. You see, sometimes in our life, sometimes we need to stop. Sometimes we need to stop and we need to go into a season to find healing from some of the things that we've walked through in our lives. Sometimes we need to stop in order to, to recharge our physical or spiritual or emotional batteries in our life, but, but settling, settling is a completely different story. I want to ask you this challenging question today. What are you settling for? What are you settling for? What have you stopped halfway spiritually for? You know, I don't know this to be a fact, but I wonder if Tara stopped halfway and settled in Haran because the name of the town reminded him of the son that he had that died. I don't know if you caught that in Genesis 11:31, but when we look at it again, you can see that, that he took his grandson, Lot, that it was his son Haran's child because Haran had died. And then they head to this land that God is gonna show them that we know to be Canaan and they stopped in a town called Haran. They settled there. Have you ever thought that you were over something in your life? And then a situation happens that brings all of those old emotions and memories back up again. 
over a cheating spouse, over a painful divorce, over the cutting words from a close friend, over somebody that stabbed you in the back, like over some missed opportunities in your life, over, over a promotion that, that your coworker got instead of you, or over a death of a child. Sometimes we, we think that we're over some of the pain and the disappointment in our past, but then like Tara, we find ourselves at some point stumbling into a town with the same name as our dead son. And all of those feelings come rushing back again. You know, church, I don't think it's a coincidence that Haran, the name of the city where Tara ended up settling, means dried up and unproductive. Dried up and unproductive. Because, friend, that's what happens to us. That's what happens in our life when we choose to stop halfway and settle because of the pain and the disappointment of our past. So how does the story end with Tara? We see in the next verse, it says that Tara lived for 205 years, speaking of his age, I don't know if you feel old today, but that had to feel old. And it says that he died still in Haran. But he died still in the place that he stopped and he settled. I mean, what a heartbreaking story. What a heartbreaking story about a man who missed out on God's best because he couldn't let go of the pain and the disappointment of his past. You know, as a father, I've got three kids and they're older now, but I remember when, I remember when they were toddlers, when they were little, and we would go to, um, we'd go to Walmart and and we'd walk through the, the aisles and, and they would see something on the shelves that they, would, that they wanted and they would grab it. And, and then I would look at them and I would say, listen, you can't have that toy. And if you're a parent uh, of any kids in the room, you know what happens next. They fall on the ground and began to throw a temper tantrum because they, they didn't get what they wanted to get. And sometimes I wonder if us settling in our life is a spiritual temper tantrum. That it's us getting upset and angry at God because he didn't give us what we wanted. He didn't answer the prayer that we prayed or he didn't give us the promotion or the house that we were hoping to get, it, it, it fell through or the marriage, it just didn't work out. 
The contract didn't go through. We didn't get into the college that we wanted. We didn't make the, the sports team. Like, like we have these things that happen in our life that we get disappointed about because we build up what life should be for us. And then when it doesn't happen, we fall on the ground and we have a spiritual temper tantrum and we settle. We settle. Church, if that's you today, if you've walked through a season in your life and you're beginning to recognize that you stopped, but you didn't just stop to find healing and to recharge your batteries, you stopped and you settled. Friend, it's time for you to pick yourself up off the floor. And that you follow the advice of the great lyrical poet, Taylor Swift. And he starts shaking it off, baby. You got to shake it off. Come on. Oh, you got to shake it off. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good. That didn't go over the way I thought it was going to go over. <laughs> hey, turn to somebody and say, shake it off. Tell them to shake it off. <laughs> oh my gosh. You have no idea what it's like to have a, a vision in your head and then it not work out the way in front of a bunch of people that are just staring at you. It's awesome. <laughs> Sometimes you got to shake it off. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we shake it off? How do we, how do we keep from becoming a spiritual bust in our life spiritually. I wanna give you three, three quick ways. The first one is this. You gotta grow discontent with being content. Gotta grow discontent with being content. Guys, listen, at, at some point in your life, if you have stopped and you have, have settled at some point in your life, you've got you to put on the big boy pants and you've got to put on the, the big girl pants and you've got to say enough is enough. Like I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of going through the motions. I'm tired of my past determining my future. I'm tired of, of settling for anything less than God's best. Because friend, we can't change what we tolerate. We can't change in our life what we're willing to tolerate in our life. And so friend, if you've stopped and you've settled, what are you tolerating? What pain from the past, what disappointment from the past have you started to tolerate in your life that might be keeping you from God's best? Friend, you will never leave Haran until you decide at some point that good isn't good enough when God has something great waiting on you. The second thing, we gotta grow discontent with being content, but then, but then we gotta get a new vision for our life. We gotta have a new vision for our life. Isaiah 43 19, it says, instructs us, forget about what's happened. And don't keep going over 
Old history. How many know you can't see Canaan if you keep focusing on Haran? It says this. It says, be alert, be present. Be present, meaning like in in the life you're living now, like don't, don't be so preoccupied in, in the past and the disappointment and the regrets and the letdowns, but be present in today because God says that I'm about to do something brand new. He says, I'm about to do something brand new, that it's bursting out. And he says, don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. Friends, sometimes you got to see it before you see it. You got to see it with your spiritual eyes before you see it with your physical eyes. Like you got to have a new vision for your life. Like the old vision and the old disappointments that have been been surrounding you and dictating the way that you think and the way that you act and the way that you respond towards God. At some point, you've got to have a new vision for your life. That you've got to be able to see in the spiritual that God has a Canaan. And instead instead of settling in Haran, you shift your focus to the promise. And then the third thing, the third thing to keep us from becoming a spiritual bust in our life is we got to lean into the uncomfortable. We got to lean into the things that are uncomfortable in our lives. Listen, God's best for your life will never be in your comfort zone. Let me say that again. God's best for your life is never going to be in your comfort zone, says the introvert standing on the stage speaking to 300 people and doing a Taylor Swift analogy that falls flat on its face. Like it's never. If you're comfortable, you ain't moving. If you're comfortable with where you are in your life today and what you're doing with God, you ain't moving. Because God's best is always on the other side of your comfort zone. Why? because it's the only way that he can get you to trust in him. If it's not outside of your comfort zone, who are you gonna trust in? You. And that's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, he said, you know, we are, we are pressed on every side with troubles. But he makes this declaration, he says, but we ain't crushed. Like I may have some pain and I may have some disappointment and I may have some letdowns and I may have some regrets, but they ain't gonna crush me. They may press me at times, but they ain't gonna crush me. And he says, he says, and we're perplexed, like we're confused a little bit. 
Like, God, why is this happening in my, in my life? And why did I have to navigate this? And why did my child have to die before I die? And why did my marriage have to end in divorce? And why did I, I go to college with this great dream of the future? And, and it's nowhere to be found. Like, like we're gonna go through seasons in our life and situations in our life that, that are confusing. But then Paul says this, he says, but despite all that, beside, beside being pressed on every side, besides feeling confused about the way things are happening, he says, but I'm not driven to despair. In other words, I may stop for a season and I may go through a period of time when I've got to find healing and I've got to get my heart right and I've got to get to a place where I can start trusting people again. And I've got to, I've got to have some people come alongside of me to help me to begin to, to let go of the regret and to find freedom from some addiction. Like I may have to stop for a season in my life, but Paul's like, but we ain't settling there. Because God hasn't called you to Haran. God has called you to a Canaan, to a place of his preferred future for your life. Friend, how do we keep from becoming a spiritual bust? Got to grow discontent with being content. Got to get a new vision. We're gonna start focusing on the promise and not the pain. And then we gotta lean into the uncomfortable. We gotta be willing to step outside of our comfort zone because God's best is always on the other side. Friend, life is 10% what happens to you. and 90% how you respond. Every single one of us in this room have been through some pain. We've experienced some hurt. We got a bag full of regrets. It's not about whether life happens to us, it's about how are we going to respond. And don't allow the pain and the disappointment of your past keep you from God's best, from his preferred future for your life. Don't settle for a Haran when God has a Canaan. Would you stand with me today? I want to ask our prayer team if they would to come forward. Just kind of come forward and just kind of off here to the sides a little bit. Listen, we're going to have a moment in just a second. And so I want to, if you can, don't leave. If you can, if you got to go somewhere, I understand, but 
Before we jump into that, if today's your first time, don't forget, stop by guest services. If you want to join us and discover TC, that'll be after the service today down in the cafe. You could stop by guest services and they'll show you how to get there. But in this moment, would you bow your head and close your eyes? And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Just between you and the Father, right now in that moment where you're at, say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying? Have I settled in Haran? Have I allowed the pain and the disappointment and the regret of the past to keep me from moving forward with you? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? You know, with every head bowed and eye closed, what's interesting about this story is that a few verses later in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham is still in Haran. And God reminds him of the promise that he had given him. And then in verse four, it says that Abraham departed Haran as the Lord had instructed. And friend, I don't know what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. Maybe he's revealed some things in your life. Maybe he's revealed some things in your past that you've not found healing from and has has kept you halfway from God's promise in your life and you've chose to settle. Friend, my challenge to you today, if that's you, is that on the count of three, I challenge you to do what Abraham did and to depart from where you're standing and make your way forward to one of our prayer team members. You're not here by accident today and this message hasn't been preached by accident today. But the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to some of you and the stirring of the Holy Spirit in your heart is a reminder from God that he has better that he has a great plan and purpose for your life. And it's an invitation. It's an invitation to Canaan instead of settling in a dry and unfruitful and unproductive life. And so on the count of three, the band's gonna play. And if you're sensing that in this moment, you're sensing the Holy Spirit saying that it's time to take a step out of Canaan It's time to get moving back into the things that God has for you. Then I want you to step out and come up forward. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Don't remain in Haran. Don't settle in Haran when God has a Canaan for you. Come on up. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.